welcome to Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Today is February 9th, 2020, and if it's not where you're listening, then you're listening to a rebroadcast of the show and should not be trying to call in. I'm Dotter 5, and as usual, we have Wombat on the phone with us. Hello, Wombat. Hey, it's the Wombat! Hey, Wombat. Welcome back. And guests today include Chad the Impaler and Boudreaux and Dread Pirate Higgs. Did I leave anybody out? No, good to go. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour is a call-in talk radio show about atheism, free thought, rational thought, humanism, and the sciences. And conversely, we'll also talk about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. And if you get the feeling that you're the only non-believer in Knoxville or East Tennessee for that matter... Well, you're just not. There are several atheist, free-thinking, and rationalist groups that exist right here in Knoxville, and we'll be telling you how you can connect with them right after the mid-show break. And did you know that there was also an an atheist call-in television show broadcasting right here in Knoxville and has been for almost 10 years now? Yeah. Did you know that, Wombat? Yeah, the Kansas City Boomers beat the 49er 47s. Uh, they were they won thirty six to forty eight. They got the super trophy, and everyone was happy. Oh yeah, happy. I saw that. But that's not J-Lo, the show. J Lo and someone else was doing the dance, and it was really awesome. Yeah. America is the best. Yeah, yeah except all the the evangelicals and right wingers all thought it was the worst. I know. Just, <laughs> you know, the worst. they have no say? appreciation of the sport. Yeah. Ball. All right. Anyway, and in spite of what Steve Martin would have you think, there are an awful lot of atheist songs out there. And you can hear some of them right here on this program and generally on the station. And we'll tell you more about the Atheist Call-In Television Show right after the mid-show break as well. We'll give you the details how you can tune in and turn on to that. Um, Wombat, what do you have for us today? What's our topic? Yo, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of different things. Um, a little pet peeves that we have with uh, the the Garden of Eden. Uh, we'll be talking about why it's cool to stick out your neck as an atheist and a bunch of other things. But we have a new uh, guest with us today. We have Chad the Impaler. Chad, what's up? Hey, everybody. Not a lot going on. <laughs> Would you <laughs> mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. I um, I don't know. I grew up like most of the people in central Kentucky with a background in Christianity. Grew up Southern Baptist. We were kind of poor, uh, lovely we didn't know we were poor. Right. I grew up in right. a uh, trailer park, and everybody was seemingly cut from a similar cloth. And uh, there was a church at the end of the trailer park that separated the one that I lived in and then our rival across the road. Yeah, those ones. <laughs> but we all came together on Sunday and acted oh. like we got along just fine. Um, so I, I grew up. A uh, a Southern Baptist guy, and yeah. um, life went on, and prayers went out, and went unanswered, and uh, I didn't really quote lose my faith until I was baptized, and uh, in that moment, when I thought I would come out of these waters feeling like a completely new person, one worthy of God finally talking to me, huh. I realized that nothing uh, nothing had changed, and. Um, yeah, the veil was lifted. 
wow. from that moment on. So I was baptized into atheism, wow. so to speak. Mm. Wow. Know, that being, is strange. I've never heard one like that before. Yeah. Being poor without yeah. realizing you're poor is like the best kind of poor because you go oh, and I you're just I like, go back. oh, there are sticks everywhere. I'm going to have so much fun today. This is great. It's uh -huh. just like, yeah. you know, there's dirt. You can do anything. Now it's just like, mm -hmm. but does this game console have wi-fi Ugh, no okay well, oh. we're gonna have to put this away <laughs> right i can't post my achievements ah, right there's no yeah. trophies i don't think so um do you mind telling me how long it took for you to make that recognition and how old were you when you got that baptism done uh 13 and uh, the recognition began as soon as i came out of the water it was kind of an awakening and it the feeling, the overwhelming feeling was that of embarrassment mm. um, yeah. and, um, and shame, because even in that moment, I didn't feel that you know, I thought I really did think finally God will speak to me. He will yeah. <clears throat> he'll, he'll come into my heart like everyone tells me. Right. And and when I came out of the water, there was no magic. There was embarrassment and everyone looking at me. And I felt like I was supposed to do something. I was supposed to be the thing that they all pretended to be. Mm -hmm. and, and in that moment, I just felt naked and embarrassed. And I, I really, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. And I, I feel like every time I do describe it, I come up with different ways to describe it. Yeah. You were 13, 13. Uh, did you immediately tell people how you felt or did you just say, I can't believe this anymore? I mean, how, how did no. you uh, translate that into your family or to the, the community at large? And how long did that take? I, tried to fake it till I make it yeah. kind of thing. Uh -huh. I tried that on for a while. You know, yeah. I thought, boy, I, I really deceived these people into doing this for me and, and I still don't fit in. And that's kind of been a theme for me my entire life with hmm. skateboarding and punk rock. Well, maybe it started then actually, you know, yeah. maybe I finally started to cater to, to me at that point. Um, you know, and, and when you're a 13 year old person, you're, the hormones are shifting around. Yeah, your your social sure. dynamics are, are starting to change. Right. So may, I think maybe that it, it maybe it pushed me down a path of of uh, being more independent because the group of people that I was told I was a part of, I never felt like I could connect with them, and this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Did you really jump yeah. to atheism, or did you do a, like a transition into a non-spiritual relationship with God, or like uh, jump into other religions before you finally committed to? The, the big A word. Well, uh, interestingly, maybe, maybe interestingly, maybe not. I tried for a while to keep going to church with my family, even though they didn't do it all the time. Um, I, I, I still felt like I had work to do and that I didn't, I deceived these people and, and I needed to make up for that. So I tried that for a while and it wasn't until I was probably 16 years old that I started to get into East Asian studies because of a, um, some, some teachers at my high school and, uh, just kind of being introduced to cultures that, um, that, that didn't really no non Abrahamic religions. Right. And, and they kind of appealed to me. So I got into studying Buddhism and a little bit of Hindu and Buddhism really made sense to me. So I decided it, probably 16 years old that I was going to drop the Christianity and, and not pick up the, the atheist, um, I get the atheist idea yet. I still felt a spiritual pull to something because mm -hmm. I thought so much that I couldn't understand. And I was kind of an emotional kid. I cried a lot and stuff and got beat up a lot when I was little and couldn't make sense of the world. So I felt the need to, 
to, to find something that a human had never been able to give me. And I thought that it might've been a higher power. Yeah. Did you ever, uh, so I kept looking. Go ahead. Sorry. Did you ever, did you get into science at the time? Would you ever read any science fiction or any of that stuff? Not so um, much science fiction. Uh, my father was a, it's, it's hard to know exactly what my father was into as far as religion goes. He went along with my mother quite often on almost everything. Hmm. And he, uh, classic Vietnam vet, I think. Maybe. Yeah. He was, he was a Marine and he came back a little scarred and emotionally unavailable. And, um, just kind of never really spoke about any, anything like this. Uh, so he really didn't push me or pull me in any direction. He let mom uh, take care of that. And, and which is a bit odd, I think in most. No, my family was the same way. My dad was a World War II vet. My mom took care of all the religions and uh, made sure that I walked down the aisle when I was like 10 years old to, to get baptized. So I'm, I'm right with you. Dad was unavailable emotionally most of the time too. Yeah. So I hear you. Well, I think, I think another thing that I did and, and I, I'll, I'll not take up too much more time. This was a short question. And this is much too long. No, this, an is answer. Great. this is great. Okay. Uh, so I, I kind of did that for a while, played a little while with the, the idea of Buddhism, going to the library, picking up any kind of books I could find. Um, uh, Tried to read a little bit about uh, Taoism, and I liked a lot of that. Yeah. Um, it, it was very calming, very soothing. I couldn't really meditate for some reason. I could never calm down my mind. Everyone told me I thought too much when I was a child, and and yeah. I always thought that that was an yeah. interesting thing to say to someone. Yeah. You think that'll get you in trouble every How time. How dare you, sir? Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, I, it was probably when I was... 17, 18, that I just decided there isn't a God. And um, the reason that I liked Buddhism was because you didn't need a God to roll right into that. Although there, yeah. there are many, many troubles with dogmatic views in Buddhism. Right. And I didn't really get rid of those until I was probably in my mid-twenties. Mm-hmm. And uh, if someone if someone were to ask me if I were religious, I would tell them I was Buddhist just because I did Buddhism. Because <laughs> you didn't want to tell them that you were not religious, right? Right. Anything. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And there was a part of me that didn't – that thought that if if I really said it out loud, mm. the, there's a, there's, there was a part of me that was holding on thinking, well, you know, if God is real and he is all-forgiving – as long as I just don't try to spread the poison that's in my mind mm. to pull me back in if I'm wrong. Can I, can I, not to sound presumptuous, but it sounded like when you said you were 17 or 18, you came to the conclusion that there was no God, but it still sounded like you needed a God in a, in a weird way, even past that point. I, th- I think I did. I think I felt like I did. Pascal's wager. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and th- it's a bit, <clears throat> excuse me. Now that, that seems so ridiculous. You know, and the idea of faith and Pascal's wagers, they just don't jive, right? So, uh, you have to have faith to get in. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, well, just in case, because that's not faith. It's lying to yourself, though, too, that happens, I think. And I think a lot of people are guilty of it. They, they lie to themselves and, and, and just stop thinking and they put up guards to where like, oh, I'm not even going to. I'm not going to think this all the way through because it just gets me to a dark place. So just, I'm, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Right. Departmentalize the brain. A big thing a lot of people yeah. don't realize when they, when they meet an atheist, particularly one that was risen as a religious person, is that it's a transition. 
And it's a long mm-hmm. one to go yeah. from mm-hmm. getting rid of all that baggage, that emotional weight that you put into the God belief and realizing that you're independent and strong enough without it. That that is that's rough. Not only that, but it's like that social implication of like, hey, mentally, here I am individually. This is how I feel. But because I have to interact with a society that as a majority does believe in a God or at least, you know, claims to, um, I have to now pick which lie <laughs> I find most convenient to express myself in just so people right. don't look at me like a weird person. It's very bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that lying thing um, to, to yourself is something that I've tried so desperately to stop doing. I still meditate. Um, I, I, I threw the, the bath water out and kept the baby, so to speak with nice. Buddhism. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm no longer, I, I'm no longer reading, uh, I'm no longer saying prayers and spouting mantras that have anything to do with Buddha. I, I don't believe in reincarnation in any kind of sense. Um, so I've gotten rid of that. But the tools that studying Buddhism for a couple of decades have given me have really helped me. I sometimes, I don't know if mental illness would be exactly how I would say I suffer. But um, on occasion, I have problems with anxiety. Mm. And and this has helped me. No, uh, no through doubt. through that. No, I think most people Chad. Would, would be there. You know, mm-hmm. have, have trouble with anxiety from time to time, and to have the tools to, in your uh, in your work uh, work box or whatever, in your mental work box, to be able to deal with it is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, uh, Sam Harris has got some good stuff on mindfulness, uh, which is meditation mm-hmm. without spirituality. Great stuff if you ever want to check that out. Have done. Did someone yeah. oh, just good. did someone just mention Sam Harris and it wasn't Boudreaux? That's, That's impossible. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are twenty minutes in before Sam Harris. My bingo mentioned. card is completely ruined now. <laughs> well, so much for that. I lost. <laughs> anyway, we're really happy for you, Chad. I I would say one quick question. Do you feel um now that you now that you're on this side of the fence? Do you is what do you think is like the biggest thing you miss and what might pull you back? I know that might seem like sort of like a weird question, but um, I no, guess do you have a standard for like, Hey, like for example, even that I'm on this side, I still like Christian music. Like I, I still have that, like, you know, set that hard set on my radio. It's just like, if I'm, gonna oh, listen to something, I'm with you too, especially Elvis. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like the old classics love- and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I will yeah. still, I, I just like the chord progressions. I like the way it makes me feel. I like not listening mm-hmm. to a love song after each other. I mean, I guess it's a love song for Jesus, but <laughs> don't think about it that way. But like, what do you think you miss the most and what might pull you back? Well, they've had a couple thousand years to uh, figure it out, haven't they? I right, mean, the social, right, yeah. the social pool. So uh-huh. we, we can't, we can't give it to them. We can, we can say that they've had plenty of time and plenty of minds to help figure out how to keep people coming and how to calm people down. Right. So, so things, things like that, I think are what I miss. Um, I think about going to church when I was a child and there were some really great times that I had. None of them were in the pew. Uh, the ones that uh, yeah, I had that were, were <clears throat> right. Yeah. I, most of them were when I was playing outside with other children, mm. uh, or attending a church camp, where <laughs> untold nefarious activities were going on. <laughs> I don't want to delve. I don't want to delve. Right. Yeah, we won't. Uh, this sure. is FM, right? Yeah. So uh, we won't go there. But things that pull me back. Okay, so being honest is something that I, speaking of Sam Harris, um, 
I, I read his book on lying. So Eric and I both have, Boudreaux and I both have, and he and I have made a pact to never lie to one another. And I have made a pact to myself to be as honest with myself as I can. And I have also made a pact to do it with anyone that I come in contact with. So uh, at the risk of sounding hypocritical, I was listening to Ram Dass this morning. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, on I occasion. Yeah. Could you give us some background? A uh, spiritual leader from the seven, 60s and 70s. Uh-huh. And uh, many would say woo-woo, uh, and they'd be right about some of that for sure. Woo-woo but, old dude on, on TV telling you to pray. He'll pray for you, right? Well, Ram Dass is an Eastern. He is. He was a Harvard professor, I believe. Oh, and, and then he transitioned to move to India, picked up a lot of Hindu practices. Oh. and. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So he is, he is an Eastern religion fella. Got it. For sure. Uh, anyone that's into that kind of stuff will know that name. And anyone that's had a similar background to what I've had will know who Ram Dass is. Okay. Well, it's not always named Ram Dass. He had a Western name like, like, like Chad, you know, Chad the Impaler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Charlie Brown. There you go. Like, yeah. Something yeah. like that. So what would pull me back, uh, if anything, would be something that Boudreaux and I have been working on for about four years, coming together, um, fellowship. Well, oh, yeah, but you don't need religion for that. You can have all kinds of fellowship outside of religion. Very Matter true. of fact, uh, you know, what was it? Christopher Hitchens has this a bet. says there's nothing beneficial that religion offers that you can't also get from a secular venue. Um, yeah. So... There's the nothing the- really that I know of unless you actually meet God or Jesus or something like that to, that would bring you that should be able to bring you back to religion yeah. per se. Yeah. Right. And that's one thing I, I uh, you know I can say about the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is that it is about the community um, as a you know sort of as a replacement for what people generally find in religion it is a, it's a nice transition spot where people coming out of religion can hang out with people of like mind right. um, without all the attendant, you know, thoughts around a deity and God and all that kind of stuff. And free pasta. And free uh-huh. pasta. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can't beat it. Yeah. It's got to be gluten-free, those guys. Pedro, round table, what would actually pull you back into religion right now, too? And what do you think you miss the most? Uh, I, I think it's probably something similar to what we talked about before. And it's, it's, it's the union, um, that we, we don't have in the, in this free thought, uh, world. We, we, we can't all unite under one flag, one name. We talked about before, you know, there are atheists and agnostics and spiritualists and, you know, um, pastafarians and, and, you know, everyone's kind of putting a different name to it. So yeah, Chad and I have invited, we talk about summit a lot on this, on this call, Chad. Um, we've Great. invited several atheist friends to the group and they're just like, what? It sounds like a church for atheists, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's stupid, you know? And, and so I guess what I would, I miss and, and I never particularly cared for going to actual church, but, um, I, I miss the idea of, you know, I wish there was, wish everyone could check one box and we could all unite under one name, you know, even if we vary slightly. You know, in our in our uh, confidence, or you know, yeah. what, whatever. But it would be really nice if we could all be 
Oh yeah, we're all nuns. Nuns, N- right? N O N E, but uh-huh. I guess we could have N U Ns there too. But N O N E, yeah. You mean I don't have to wear this habit anymore? <laughs> uh, I, that took me one second too long. But yeah, no, I I agree. We uh, we need community, and that's what Atheist Society of Knoxville is all about. And uh, just about every major city has their own atheist groups. Mm. Uh, a lot of smaller ones are starting them. I think it's a great idea that uh, either whether you call yourself nuns, brights, uh, secularists, humanists, or whatever, you need to, yeah. You need community. I mean, we're human after all. And we can interact with each other. Just because you have a different name doesn't mean you have a different right. creed. Like, we can hang out with rationalists, atheists, right. nuns. Uh, take right. your pick There's and not, we, can, we can meet you. Yeah. It's not like the others that are going to go to hell or something. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we have to make a religion out of it. The whole right. point of that is not, right? No. Right. Hey, uh, exactly. Gary, what you actually are religious. And you are uh, uh, crown prince or crown priest of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. What would actually attract you back into a more traditional um, Abrahamic beliefs? Uh, I don't believe there's anything that could do that. Um, I'm pretty firmly established in my mind with what the nature of uh, the non-supernatural nature of the uh, universe is. I'm a, I am a materialist. Uh, and a naturalist in that respect. Um, so the community is uh, what I'm here for in that sort of spiritual aspect. Um, but uh, there's, I, I just can't see any kind of lure uh, strong enough or carrot uh, appealing enough that would draw me back there. You know, it's an interesting point because, you know, if if God and it wasn't a hallucination, if there was some way I can confirm that it wasn't a trick of my mind and God or aliens or aliens, civilization and the the Christian God, as depicted in the Bible, does come down to me and is like, hey, here I am. What's up? Let's talk. Let's figure this out. And I'll I'll tell Mm -hmm. all the other world leaders about me, too. That doesn't necessarily guarantee that I'll worship them at the same Mm -hmm. time, too. It just means, okay, I know you exist now. But I got a lot of questions, and I don't even know if I really want answers anymore. Like, I think I might probably sold on the idea of just you being you and me doing my own thing still. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But what I, why, the reason I said aliens is uh, one of the scientific or science fiction uh, theories that I've read about in the past place where it was, Ooh. was that if an alien race wanted to actually take over the Earth, hmm. um, uh, and they had the technology to make an image appear in the sky. Sure. Well, the easiest way to do it would be put Jesus in the sky and tell everybody that we're going to have visitors and and to welcome them all. And and you know, half the world would just lay down their arms and welcome them wide open, and the invaders would just come and take over the world. Now, here's the funny uh, thing: I have a lot of family yeah. that's in Sudan and Nigeria, and the version of Jesus there is very, 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 very different than the blonde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if they had the technology, here. they ah, could put I whatever deity that uh, the nation worshipped in okay. the sky. Okay, okay, you know? okay. Because there's like some... And everybody would agree that God had the capability of doing that. Yeah, because the American version of Jesus is very much informed by the Catholic Church, which means that uh-huh. you have a very Italian-looking Jesus as a result. Like, <laughs> no one had ever noticed, with like really nice abs and everything. But like mm-hmm. you go anywhere else, it's like, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah the, the, Africa. The Rastafari, the Rastafari down in the Caribbean mm. have a very different idea of Jesus. In fact, he's apparently, I think, come back in that in, oh. in Ethiopia. Hey, there you go. Um, but Sweet. I, could, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's who they uh, 
when they say Jah Rastafari, they're, they're speaking about a prince from Ethiopia that uh, was Christ reborn. Well, so he has come back in their view. Cool. Mm. Well, we're at the bottom of the hour. We should yeah. probably take a break. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back in just a little bit. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about these topics and see you then. You're listening to the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on Wozo 103.9 LPFM in Knoxville, Tennessee. Feel free to join in on the conversation at 865-333-5937. That's 865-333-5937. And now, back to the show. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. Simply the best. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Five, and this is the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 LP FM right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Today is February the 9th, 2020, the second half of the show, and we're going to be talking about the free thought groups that you can join right here in Knoxville. First, there's the Atheist Society of Knoxville, founded in 2002. We're in our 18th year. ASK has 999 members as of this morning. 999. That's right. We need one more member to push us over to the 1,000 mark. And you can find us online at knoxvilleatheist.org or go directly to Meetup and search for Knoxville Atheists. It's just that simple. Also, you can join ASK in person at our weekly meetups, which happen every Tuesday evening at Barley's Tap Room and Pizzeria in Knoxville's Old City, where we get together for food, drink, and conversation. Everyone is welcome. That is, as long as you don't come to preach, proselytize, provoke, or punch. Thank you, Atheist Experience, for that. By the way, if you don't live in Knoxville, you should still go to Meetup and search for an atheist group in your town. Don't find one? Start, Start one. one. That's right. Another large free-thinking group here in Knoxville are the Rationalists of East Tennessee, and they've been around for more than 20 years. RET is bi-weekly presentations and discussions at the Pellissippi State Campus near Hardin Valley Road. They meet the first and third Sundays in the Gwynn's Administration Building. But if that's too much to remember, just go to rationalist.org and click on Upcoming Events. Also, there's the Sunday Assembly. Uh, Sunday Assembly is going through a lot of changes right now. I don't have much detail about those changes. I'm not really sure where they meet. Uh, I'll have to try to get some more information on that next week and give it to you then. Uh, let's see. We Earlier in the show, we talked about the Knoxville Atheist Call-In TV show. Um, Wombat, get a pencil. All right, I'm getting it. <laughs> it's called Free Thought Forum, and you can see it almost every Wednesday between 6.30 and 7.30 on Comcast Channel 12 or Charter Channel 192. If you don't have a TV or Comcast or any of that, you can watch it streaming online on your phone at ctvnox.org. That's ctvknox.org. Okay. I know I was supposed to write that down. I couldn't find a pen in time, but I'm sure I'll remember it next time. No oh, good. Yeah. Uh, very good memory. You have a memory like a steel sieve. That's whatever that is. <laughs> Who has sieves anymore? Yeah, yeah. You can also find archives of some of those shows on YouTube where a fan has been posting them. Just go to YouTube and search for three words, Free Thought Forum, Knoxville. Also, if you're interested in getting involved in the TV or this radio show, just come to an Ask Meetup or RET meeting and talk to us about it. You could be our next co-host or guest. On the show with us today, we have Wombat. Yeah, you and, me. And you dread pirate, pirate Higgs. I'll get it right in a minute. Boudreaux Arr. the Chad. So where did we leave off? We're talking <laughs> about like what could you get 
out of uh, religion or myths that you couldn't get out of an atheist community. And I think, or when you leave the atheist church, and I was thinking like, um, leave I've, the atheist church or, you know, atheist perspective, <laughs> blah, 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 whatever you want to call oh, this. Hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, um, uh, there was, a, we had a guy on the show, his name was Robin and he thought that, um, by being religious, it gave him an additional point of leverage for appreciating the, the mythic, or the the mythology of that religion. And we were talking about how it was really interesting because he was an atheist that basically really, really loved God <laughs> the concept as a concept and as a character and as more of like a vehicle to understand how people understood how things happened back in the past. Like he found that especially fascinating. So I was like, wow, atheists can be really be so diverse because you know, everyone says, hey, atheists just hate God. It's like, no, there are atheists that love God. There are atheists that are religious. There are atheists that are non-religious. I mean, take your pick. And I guess that also falls into the, no, it falls in two different camps. One, there are a lot of different kinds of atheists, which makes it kind of hard to know how all of us can fall into one umbrella. But on the flip side, there are a lot of different kinds of atheists. So depending on wherever your story is or who you are or who whoever you are listening to this right now, there's guaranteed to be guaranteed to be a group for you that's available to you if you're willing to stick your neck out. And that's why, oh, sure. that's why I think it's important to do so. Yeah. Uh, well, Chad brought it up a little earlier, but the one thing I like to, to make sure people understand is that there are whole areas or religions based uh, without a God. Like he was talking about Buddhism. There's also Taoism and, and Shintoism and, um, Confucianism, none of those Eastern religions have God. They're philosophical religions. They may have a, a belief in a soul or an afterlife or reincarnation, but they're not based on a God per se. So technically they're atheist religions. Yeah. Hinduism is like that too. Yeah. Well, doesn't Hinduism have multiple gods? Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but like personifications of, uh, natural processes, right? But they are personifications. You, you, you can, you can check, you they're can, real. Yeah, but you can check it out. There is an atheist aspect to it. Okay. Sounds good. Do you think that's in, in the, again, speaking out of ignorance, I wish I had someone sitting right next to me that could check me before I say this out loud. Uh, in, is it, is it normal in Hinduism that you can create a God as well? Oh, uh, like, like you can create a God of, cracks in your driveway <laughs> just right, right. sound a little condescending <laughs> sorry about that a bathroom in sink drape drip or something yeah it's uh, <laughs> you know what i mean like if if you're having difficulty dealing with um relationships with your family and and you go through the the list of gods can you not make up so, a a god of relationships with, i can't right, i can't speak families? for hinduism but i do know that's a thing in wicca so you could make <clears throat> you can have like a life journal where you basically infuse a spirit with something that you deal with on a regular basis. That's hmm. that's not uncommon. Never heard of that. Oh yeah. And I apologize and, for speaking out of ignorance. I'm sure you're going to get many. I, I won't have to answer to any of this, but you guys might in messages and stuff that people are sending you. And, uh, and there's the lots of uh, lots of uh, you know indigenous traditions that are about totems and infusing totems with uh, spiritual properties, which are representative of natural natural phenomenon right right there there is also an aspect to that in shintoism where it's like the more generations that deal with a particular object the more of their i don't know what the the crux of it is but the more 
of their spirit and intentions get put into these inanimate objects, which is why, you know, Mount Fuji has so much reverence because so many people have a relationship with that. But you can also go to as smaller things like temples or robes or like, you know, um, uh, hand-me-downs that are like given to you from like your parents. You can put a lot of you can put a lot of emotional weight into a lot of different things. And of course, spirituality and religion is ready to, you know, put context on top of that. Well, a lot of things you can become attached to. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Hey, I, speaking of things you can get attached to, how about some crazy theories? (laughs) Oh, let's go. All right. So I was considering, um, I have a friend that's going to be moving to Canada. And I was telling her all about the cool things that are in Canada, especially the nicer people generally. And the idea that I had was that the worse the weather is in a particular place, the nicer the neighbors or the neighborly vibe. So, like, if it's going to be, like, really, really terrible winters and 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 icy roads, like, maybe six day, six months out of the year, those people in that area will probably be a lot nicer than what you can find in California or Hawaii or stuff like that, where people are like, ah, I got it. I can figure it out. I don't need a cup of sugar from anybody. I know what I'm doing. Hey, I'm walking over here. Move, move, move. So uh, extending that a little bit better, I imagine heaven has very, very good weather. <laughs> and I imagine hell has terrible, terrible, terrible weather. So if I was in a position where I'm in the afterlife and I need a cup of sugar, wouldn't I want to be in hell? <laughs> <laughs> more what do you guys think round table it Boudreaux, what do you think about this amazing theory i i think it's interesting i like uh i like the parallel you're drawing there yeah um you need a cup of sugar nice. you've been in hell yeah. for like the last four thousand years and you're just like yeah. dang it i want to make a souffle or whatever you know involves sugar you're just like hey i need a cup of sugar aren't i glad i'm not in heaven right now jeez but can't you just ask janet to get it for you any good good place fans i no i don't know who janet is tv show okay okay okay. uh the the, yeah i i i think uh i think it's a strong leap to say that weather you know would have everything to do with it but uh i would think that you know burning constantly would maybe make you not want to even walk around and make a souffle yeah, Maybe. but also know. like burning constantly. But that's how you be caramelize like, the sugar. No, yeah, yeah, that's, that's how you really get it good. Also, burning constantly, it's not like people are going to try to cut you off in traffic if you're burning constantly. It's like, hey, your life's already miserable, man. What What am I supposed to do to try to make your life more miserable? We're already in hell. Let's just make a souffle. Yeah, I got a cup of sugar. Here you go. Like, Everything would be creme brulee. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why go out of my way to make your life any worse? We're already in hell. It's not like we're going to get anything good out of it. So, yeah, if you need a cup of sugar, here you go. Boom. There you go. Make that souffle. At some point, you would would just be numb to the pain, I would think. Uh, Well, I think I like the theory. Uh, I I think it's a pretty good theory. I think I maybe can add a little bit to that. Go for it. I I think that things like weather, Hmm. uh, more like climate, not weather, um, Climate has a way of creating culture. Mm. Uh, look at the Inuit. Uh, look at the people in Northern Canada. It's four months out of the year. They all have a similar life. Right. Um, so they understand through maybe subconscious, um, what's the right word? I don't know. They have compassion for one another in, in, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's empathy. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yes. So they have some empathy. They understand what the other family's going through. 
there's no way um, you can misunderstand that someone has to stay warm or they'll die when it's 20 below outside. Exactly. So I, I think cultures form around things like climate. Yeah. Um, certainly when it's in temperate climates, you don't have that much of a need to shelter yourself or, or form that. We, you have more free time to do what you will. And you have climate control systems down here that can handle that. Not right. many can handle 20 below. So you don't have right. to stack up bricks of, of wood uh, or you'll die. You don't have to cure meats for the winter because you'll be snowed in for two months. Basically, so, make it a reality TV show where you get 10 people from hell, 10 people from heaven, and you drop them in an apartment complex somewhere in Topeka, Kansas. And you just watch the apartment complex <laughs> with the people from hell being like, wow! This is really great. Look, there's a Walmart just across the block. <laughs> there's cop cars coming by every four seconds. This is pretty good. And running water. Like, I'm really impressed with this place. Look at this carpet. It's wonderful. Yeah, I love this place. Whereas the people from heaven are like, oh, my gosh, can't touch anything. Oh, no. Uh, don't look outside. P put the blinders on. Oh, my gosh, this is terrible. I don't know what to do. Like, I feel like the people what happened from to my wings? Where are my wings? Oh, no, I'm terrible. This is. I can't do it. Was, I gotta get on a bus. What? A bus? So pedestrian. <laughs> I think it would just be really cool to see like how the climate can influence like, hey, as you as an outside observer, you as a still a, a living mortal, what group of people would you rather hang out with for eternity <laughs> just from watching the show? Could you imagine the projects they would have to do? It, I think it would just be obviously um, so so apparent that when you don't spoil people for eternity, they 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 have better empathy. They show better humanity towards one another, and yeah. and rough situations make that out of people. I think that's the whole concept right. of like boot camp and stuff. Yeah. Also in heaven, they would spend all of their time worshiping a non-human being mm. and basically ignoring their neighbors and putting all of their effort in yeah. just worshiping this this superhuman. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, too, uh, you don't have any free will, right? Because there's no sin in heaven, so you can't even make choices. Right. Oh, I don't get that. Could you could you walk me through that? Well, I mean, if you know, if heaven is this perfect place where, you know, God is everywhere and there's no, there's sin. no sin in heaven. So if there's no sin in heaven, there's no choices to make about your behavior. Uh, that's not the way how I was interpreting. I thought like you had the ability to sin, but your free will chose not to. And that's what got you the bone, the brownie points. So it's like, yeah, well, that, that happened before, but, but I think yeah, I was talking about before you get into heaven, once you're in heaven, there is no sin, right? Because it's the place of perfection. Sure. Yeah. So you can't sin. But is that the same thing as not having free will? Eric? If you don't have a choice, if you don't have a choice not to worship, if you don't have the choice to not worship God, um, then you don't have free will. Like, I think the repercussion for not worshiping God would be being sent to hell. Didn't the devil, didn't that exactly what happened to the once devil? Having, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, didn't the devil express some free will and get kicked out of heaven because of that? That's true. Yeah, well, I think the idea, we're, we're not as uh, lofty as the devil, but I think we, uh, as silly as that might sound. Some of us are as handsome, though, so it's all good. <laughs> right. I think the idea is that you would transcend the need to sin or the desire to sin. Mm. I, maybe. Yeah, it's like you get on 4G yeah. after. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh <-huh. laughs> like, I don't need, need dial-up anymore. What are you talking about? But 
Yeah. Bujo, you were going to say something. So sorry binge watch. Yeah. yeah, you're going to have to binge watch The Good Place at some point because there are I so did. many references I want to add in here. Oh, oh go yeah. for it. Go for it. Yeah. If you haven't seen The one thing, Good Place, you need to. Yeah. Yeah. But, but one thing could be is maybe there aren't that many people in heaven because yes. nobody really nobody really gets in because nobody's really doing a good job down here. Mm. And maybe it's, maybe it's just filled with a bunch of people. And in, in Revelation, it says only 144,000 pure Jewish men will get into heaven. Oh, wow. So what what kind of a place would that be, you know? Well, you know, <coughs> everyone knows how... <laughs> a sausage. No, no, no women and children. <laughs> a sausage that's, fest. That's yeah, it. All, <laughs> one, all one really. You know? That's no, funny. No, no, that's funny. no pork in that sausage. No, so. no, that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I mentioned this a while back ago. Steve Carell was pitched the movie with Kristen Wiig as as lucy or lucifer where he's the only person in heaven which is basically just a really plush chair and a flat screen tv in front of a front of you in like a really small room and the idea is like heaven can only be perfect and perfection since it's different for everybody you can't find two people who agree on what's perfect so really heaven can only have uh-huh. room for just one person no. yeah and or so, one person per room it, or no it's just no that would be imperfect because then you have different levels you can't have different levels of perfection. Yeah, but they couldn't interact and each room could be perfect for but that god person. would know anyway the whole the whole point of the movie was just one room and and steve carell's there until he realizes like this isn't fun i'd rather be you know with other people even if it's even if it's being tortured I can't just be by myself for all of eternity. So he leaves and then the next person comes in and that's like the whole, just, the Oh moment. wow. Yeah. But it was funny. Cause like, you know, heaven is one person at a time. Yeah. That's strange. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was the bad. waiting line must be really long. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I think the turn might be up, a lot faster than we think. Go for it. It brings up the interesting point too, of, of eternity. How, luxurious would eternity actually be mm. and again it's another good, good place thing they, they entertain but I, I mean you're in heaven for eternity okay yeah the first like you know a thousand years maybe it's great you know you, 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 you're you're doing anything you want uh, mm-hmm. you're eating whatever you want you're having fun but I mean at a certain point I mean it's got to be repetitious and yeah, yeah you get acclimatized to it like yeah, yeah. yeah. getting acclimatized to weather or something you yeah. know not only that, devil's, uh, devil's advocate on that, though, uh, as I always play w- with Boudreaux mm-hmm. when we do our summits, uh, again, as far as transcending something uh, worldly and physical, time is, I would assume, in heaven, non-existent. Mm-hmm. I think that trying to describe something as eternal to a human is about the only way that you can describe the timeless and uh, you know, what for... All the baggage that Timeless brings in, uh, you know, sorry about that, but maybe that's, maybe that's what we should be thinking about. Can I step, and, and that's part, can I yeah, step one bye. toe into the Timeless idea? W- what do you mean by, mm-hmm. what do you mean by like not make sense? Yeah. Uh, not make sense. Time, well, us not being able to grasp the concept of a timeless existence. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Can you, can you uncook eggs in heaven? Or can you even cook them if you, if it's timeless? Because yeah. it takes time to cook an egg. Yeah, it right. takes time to exist, right? Like necessarily yeah. exist. Like, are you saying this would be like a different version of time that we'd be experiencing, which is unlike the time we have now? 
I don't know. I'm no expert, but uh, <laughs> what's I'm all that meditating as, for? You were, I, I'm just assuming that on occasion, a glimpse of a timeless place, uh-huh. um, it, it it can't happen. But it doesn't happen very often. But okay. things appear to be timeless. But I would assume that heaven would be a timeless place. Um, when I was a when I was a younger man, heaven was described as a place where you would go, and if you had fantastic behavior on earth, and you were accepted. And you get through the pearly gates, and you you see the streets lined with gold. Again, why would you need gold in heaven? Why would you care? Why because would it be valuable? It needs to be semiconductors right. to charge all the Teslas. Right, exactly. If everybody's got wings. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and the crown on your head that I I was told that you would you would get would have more jewels in it if you were a, a better young person or a better person in general. Oh, great. Uh, so all of this, exactly. We're talking about uh, the same kind of stuff that we deal with here on Earth. Right. And I think it's just the attempt for these people to describe what the common people would understand as fantastic and great eternity sounds wonderful if it's spent in a time or in a place of uh, of wonder and enchantment um crowns of jewels uh, sound wonderful to someone who thinks that kings and queens and royalty are the um top of the hierarchy on earth yeah. so i think it's just ways of describing all of this stuff uh, uh, of something that's indescribable to people that have spent most of their time trying to stay alive. Uh, people that don't have time to contemplate these things. Right. Perhaps. I'm going to get a little dark here, but I'm wondering, like, the first person in heaven would be Abel, right? Because he was the first human killed outside the Garden of Eden. And he was killed while he was worshiping God. Right. So he would be automatically in, I guess. But the first person to be sent to hell, does anyone think that would be Eve? Or Eve would be in hell? Does anyone think Eve would be in hell? Maybe that's probably the first reasonable preliminary question. The sure. Adam or Eve. Yeah. Adam or Eve. Wow. Adam too? I think Adam is, I, unfortunately. Well, the Bible, he, I mean, they, they both sinned, right? They were both cast out. They were both. Uh, yeah, but the Bible and, totally depicts Eve as the person who was susceptible to. Yeah, but bad. we don't know which one died first either. True, 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 true. No <laughs> doubt. But like, and, and that's also another good follow up question Excuse I was me. having. But like, it, did Eve deserve to go to hell in the first place when she was more or less tricked without having any concept of good or bad and was basically just trying to, you know, help the person she loved who well, was like this automaton naming animals. Well, she never stopped believing in God. Mm-hmm. I mean, she always believed in God. She, had abs- she lived in a time before Jesus, so she couldn't get saved by Jesus. Ah. So, she, you know, it, it depends on if she was continued doing her sacrifices before she died. Oh. You know, I mean, everybody's theoretically a sinner including her well you know at isn't it at the time that the the bible that portion of the bible was written uh there wasn't really a concept of hell it was sheol which which was like the you know the underworld where the souls of the dead went Um, it wasn't this idea that you were basking in the uh, glory of the lord forever it was Everyone just went to Sheol afterwards. Yeah, after. not, not only that, but, but like heaven was described as being next to God, and then hell was described as being away from God. So like she was basically sent to hell once she left the Garden of Eden in the first place, right? Yeah. 
technically, I guess. Yeah. If that's the if that's the definition of hell. And then, wow, that just sucks all around. So I'm just wondering, like, <laughs> here's my thing. So here's the here's the final, you know, grand question. It's like, uh, Abel in heaven, probably not with his parents. Is it? There might be situations where you might be in heaven and you know your kid isn't in heaven, or you know your mom's not in heaven. What value is heaven to you when you know your family member that you love is being tortured right. for all of eternity? How can you possibly be ha uh, happy? And uh, what does it there. say about the community in heaven if there's a bunch of people who are just enjoying life in eternity because there's no sadness in heaven while mm -hmm. also knowing yeah. that their family isn't there at the same time too? Like, what kind of quality of human being or a person is that can you even have happiness if there's no sadness to compare it to oh, right so that's deep so here, of song. here's the thing here's the thing i've heard too <laughs> um and and i, I apologize because i feel like all we're doing here even with the whole timeless thing that chad yeah. was talking about yeah all we're doing here is we're just like m coming up with explanations to explain something <laughs> that sounds about but but that's what I prefaced the segment with. Right. Yeah, I know, I know. Just, just, just assumption a city. Assumption city. Yeah. All right. Right. Assumption city. So, what if, what if, when you go to heaven and your loved ones go to hell, um, the all of your memories of those loved ones go away? Because yeah, then, then who am the I at person. that point? Yeah, like, yeah. 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 You, your brainwashed me, and you made, you put drug pills yeah. in my mouth and made me feel happy. Yeah. You're not the same person or, or, anymore. Or being supernaturally lobotomized, right? Yeah, right. right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I mean, we we are I'd we are for that faced, we are faced <laughs> with uh, we are faced with um, situations that seem implausible, and right. we just keep hacking at it with explanations <laughs> that are even more. I mean, if we were you to use Occam's razor here, sure. we would just hey, yeah. end, end well, the whole thing and just right. say, well, maybe you just die. Well, that's it. Yeah, we're, Actually, we're I think we're using Occam's broom. <laughs> yeah, really. Sweeping all the inconvenient facts under the rug. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, trying to point out the inconsistencies in oh, the yeah. belief, I think, I mean, is, just, is really more of the point. What the fun yeah, thing is, is when you're a Christian, you don't think about things like this because you're just right. happy to drink the juice and, and move forward with the rest of your week. But it's, it's painful fun, not to. It's a fun thing to be on this side of the fence with friends and being like, how does this work? What is inside this sausage? Does anyone, has anyone ever like, you know, the grand majority of people in America? Yeah, really? What is what's, what is in this? Has anyone ever like looked at this from like just literally straight on and and see it for what it is? It, it brings up a lot of really interesting questions that I think is healthy to express sometimes. Yeah, right, we, sure. we've uh, we've talked about some of these type of things with, with Christian that comes to summit. Hmm. And it's amazing how quickly. He, he has these like canned responses to him and, and he's a smart guy and he comes oh, yeah. up with them really fast. And, and it's, and it's, it's, I think there are Christians that do think about this and they come to a, a rationalization for it and it works for them. Um, I think it's easier for the Jewish faith because they usually just kick out the whole afterlife thing. Um, right. Just, yeah. it, it, it just doesn't exist. They're, they're more right. for the now. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. We need to be winding the show down. We're getting close to the top of the hour. So we need to look at uh, any last words. Uh, yeah. Let's, Ty, you want to start? Or? Yeah, let's just do a quick question. From Anybody our, want to jump in there? We can do a quick question from um, our listeners. Um, Georgie, okay. Georgie has asked, uh, has anyone ever gone? Okay. Has anyone initially agreed to do uh, say that they're okay, but changed their mind after the conversation? Has anyone has anyone you've ever talked to gotten angry? And you didn't end up posting that video. And I, 
I've only oh, had street epistemology. Yeah, street epistemology. I've only had one conversation where a person got really angry in a conversation with me, and it was like not even like one of my earlier ones. Oh, it was the one where I was go- I went to Summit immediately afterwards, and Chat and Eric were listening to the story. I was talking to a lady who was with her boyfriend. And the lady says, I don't believe anything could be objectively true or like anything's true. Like, I think everything's fake. Like, I 100 percent believe that. And I said, I said immediately after that with with joking, like, does that apply to that statement as well? And for the next like seven <laughs> minutes, she was just really, really angry with me. <laughs> no, whatever, conversation. And Chad was like, oh, how, the boyfriend's like, oh, thanks for starting. <laughs> <laughs> a troublemaker yeah because it, it was just a chilly conversation i have not uploaded that video but that was the only wow. time um larry has anyone ever gone upset with you so oh um yeah yeah but not to the point of verbal abuse or anything like that they just okay. they don't want to recognize any of the or some of the things that i'm saying they just won't i've, I've put it to them as plain as i possibly can uh it, can't you see that this is true and they'll just say no mm. And, and go on. Like I've talked about how uh, faith is not uh, reliable because different religions rely on faith to receive, uh, you know, their truth from their religion, but sure. the truths are conflicting between the different religions. I said, can't true. you see that? No, I don't see that. I rely on faith <laughs> to make, you know, that my religion is true. I just could not get through to them, but they would get upset, but not really angry, not really no, at it, me. Has anyone ever gotten upset at a summit? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, um, uh, we had someone come to Summit during our free will conversation, and, and Chad can jump in on this, too. Um, it was actually a Christmas Summit, so we did a gift exchange and everything. It was real, uh-huh. was real happy, and yeah, yeah. But we got talking about um, free will, and this person, as an artist, who's particularly artistic, just didn't, didn't like the idea of it, and uh, it, it's just... Kind of, kind of left in a huff and puff. Really, Whoa. did not, did not take it well. Did and, that uh, person choose yeah. to leave, or <laughs> <laughs> they uncomfortably well, they stuck it around? Their free will? <clears throat> they, they stuck around as long as they could. Okay. I think uh, they, they wanted to. I th- I'm pretty sure they wanted to make us think that we hadn't gotten them. <laughs> you know, uh, and we weren't trying to get them either. Right. It was just yeah. a conversation, and and the guy was uh, really upset and i i saw it as an ego flare-up mm. uh, that's the way i saw it that because happens. if if you're an artist you may fancy yourself very unique and i think that struck them the wrong way mm. um, and the discussion about free will has already been mulled over we've already figured that out 30 years ago we don't need to do this again and uh, you're wrong essentially cool. to before, Me and Eric. So I'll I'll throw the question out to Dread Pirate before we close up. Has anyone ever gotten angry with you? Yes, actually, um, I was having a conversation about someone over P uh, P E M F. It's uh, the pulsed electromagnetic frequency. You have very which, highly intellectual talks with people, by the way. That's, that's, that's <laughs> very true. <laughs> well, I I'm because I don't generally just pick people off the street right you know people you know we make arrangements to have these things but um in this particular instance this uh mechanism is uh essentially a pseudoscientific uh toy uh that um, gets people making lots of money for putting these electrodes over them and stuff like that to heal them for 
all kinds of stuff. And, and so anyway, I, I had just called BS on it and asked, uh, you know, for some, you know, just through the SE process of trying to dig down and uncover what the foundation for her belief in this thing was and realized at the end of it, that it was nothing more than she acknowledged that she didn't know enough about it to make the claims that she was, but how dare I interfere with her life, life livelihood. Hmm. So, um, that was the one time somebody got upset with me about that. Hey, and even if they get upset there, you get more hits than you get misses. I think it's still worth oh, yeah. reaching out to people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Larry. How do you mm -hmm. feel? You ready to shut shut it down for this week? I'm ready, I guess. I uh, hate to, but we're at the end of the hour. I know. I really <laughs> enjoy anybody... this. Chad yeah. and Paler, thank you for coming by. Boudreaux, this is always fun. And, and, and nice meeting you, Chad. You're always welcome here. Okay. Remember, uh, if you'd like to listen to our shows otherwise, come to knoxvilleatheist.org or digitalfreethought.com. If you have any precious... I'm sorry. Any <laughs> questions? <laughs> any precious questions? My precious. Uh, send them to ask an atheist at knoxvilleatheist.org. Uh, and remember, somebody somewhere believes that you are going to their hell. In fact, according to the world's religion, everybody is going to somebody else's hell. The time to worry about is when they prove that heavens and hells and souls are real. Until then, don't sweat it. Enjoy their li your life. And thanks, everybody, for coming in. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. 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 Bye.